What is going on, everybody? This is Gino Spirito back with episode 39 of the Gino Spirito podcast. I hope you all are having a great Wednesday, June 9th. Um, for me personally, um, you know, just hyped uh, for a lot of things, really. Just hyped for uh, the fact that I'm going to be turning 21 in 10 days. Hyped to be celebrating my second Father's Day in 11 days. Um hyped about all of this good music that's coming out. Um, very excited for uh, Petco to finally be full capacity and uh, for baseball games to just be the ultimate move this summer. Um, very excited uh, for just to uh, see how the rest of these, uh, to see how the rest of these NBA playoffs are turning out. And, um, you know, some of these series are, are, are just getting uh, better and better as, as they go on. Um, and, and I'm just excited to uh, continue doing these podcasts, man. I'm, I'm, I'm having a great time. I hope you guys are all having a great time as well uh, listening. If you ever have any uh, suggestions, feedback, uh, anything you want me to talk about or touch on during the podcast, please let me know. Please send me a message. Please send me feedback. I am always open and willing to receive uh, criticism, willing to re- uh, receive you know, positivity, uh, anything that you have for me, please my way, excuse me, as I, I'm really just um, trying to have fun while doing this, but at the same time, I want to be as entertaining as possible and uh, provide the uh, content that everybody wants, everybody wants to uh, hear and listen to. So, like I said, um, very open to suggestions, feedback, whatever it may be. But uh, without further ado, let's get into it. Uh, I wanted to start off by celebrating uh, some albums that, uh, you know, mean a lot to me and have, uh, you know, have recently um, had an anniversary. I know I've done this uh, quite a few times on the podcast already. Um, so if you've listened before, you, you know what we're about to do. But if not, um, like I said, we're, we're just going to dive into some of these albums that, um, you know, in the past have meant a lot to me and, um still are bumped to this day um just for various reasons um you know obviously every album is different so um you know not really a specific answer as to why they mean so much to me or um you know why they're still bumped to this day uh as it's really just you know it it comes with it comes with the album and it comes with the music so uh it's really uh just depending on what album we're talking about in today's instance we're talking about uh, Kitsy Ghosts, um, the uh, you know first release from the uh, collaborators Kid Cudi and Kanye West as one group, um, as this project, um, you know, you know, as Kanye and Cudi, of course, have collaborated in the pl- uh, in the past plenty of times. Uh, Kitsy Ghosts was uh, their first extensive. Uh, like collaborative album, uh, you could say, um, as it was um, officially announced by Kanye um, in April of 2018. Um, And this was uh, during his five album span um, where he was releasing, um, he was releasing different albums um, that he either produced or made for himself. um, and I think there was a total of five. I'm pretty sure there was, yeah, there was Kitsy Ghost, there was Yay, there was uh, Pusha T's album, there was, uh, you guys probably made fun of me, but I know it's Amon Shumpert's wife and uh, the person who was on um, the uh, Fade music video. I'm, I'm probably going to get roasted for not remembering her name, but yeah. Uh, During this time, Kanye was producing these uh, seven-track projects and releasing them, Um, and, uh, you know, of course, Kanye and Cudi have been just an amazing duo throughout uh, the years that they've been linking, I want to say since 2007, 2008, Um, and finally, uh, the long-awaited... Uh, collaboration projects uh, was announced was a go um, and um, you know from then on uh, it, it really was um, you know it really was a uh, revolution for for both of these artists it really was 
kind of a I, I don't really know the right word, but a lot, you know, reborn on this on this uh, project, I think, speaks, uh, you know, so much to Cuddy. Um, of course, he's the one singing on here. And, of course, he was uh, going through a lot um, from, like, 2015 to that 2018 span leading up to this uh, collaborative project, uh, going into rehab, dealing with a lot of drug addiction and, um, you know, just, ab uh, you know, s substance abuse issues. Um, and I believe that this project was really able to, um, you know, push and allow him to uh, feel that um, creativity and feel that, um, you know, just that serotonin that you get when you're working on something that you truly love and you truly care about. I think for such a long time he was going through such a rough patch, and uh, it, I feel like, you know, when you're in that – mindset you don't you don't really you, you kind of forget all the things that made you happy and you kind of focus on all those negative uh things and um you know for a long time there it was it, it was uh rough even between the both of them even between kanye and and cuddy i mean whether that was um when cuddy uh announced that he departed from good music back uh i believe in 2013 um of course you know that was, uh, you know, supposed to be on good terms, but, um, you know, Cuddy at the time, he had released Man on the Moon 1, Man on the Moon 2, Indicud was uh, at the height um, of, it, it maybe was a few months after Indicud was released, or I can't remember if, um, if he had announced that he was leaving good music before Indicud, I think that might have been the case, um, but uh, he just straight up said he felt underused. Um, so, of course, if when, because Kid Cudi was no longer on good music, uh, these, this two uh, duo didn't have much interaction. Um, but, of course, this was then um, kind of resurrected during the life of Pablo, um, Father Stretch My Hands Part 1. Of, cor um, of course, Cudi's on on this track and he was also at the release party for um for the life of pablo at madison square garden uh he i mean the infamous picture of cuddy uh trav and kanye just jumping as uh, this album is being played for the first time for the masses uh what a what a great day that was what a what a fun um what do what just a fun environment to be in if you if you were actually able to attend uh live um but um, even after this uh, Life of Pablo um, kind of, uh, you know, connection between Cuddy and Kanye and kind of bringing them back together, they still did hit another rough patch in their friendship um, as they were, they kind of exchanged back and forth uh, messages on Twitter about their friendship and about how, you know, people um, that's, say they're your friends or really they're using you for your lights and your abilities and um of course this was also um around the time that cuddy was still going through a lot of his substance issues and uh he was in and out of rehab for a while uh so you know these these issues were uh you know were kind of uh you know hit and miss for a, f a few years span i want to say but uh, they, they definitely did get these issues revolved and they, they reunited on stage during Kanye West, the life of Pablo tour. And, um, you know, they were hugging and they were both crying. That was a great, that was, I think, um, a moment where a lot of people, um, you know, behind their Twitter screens, behind, uh, whatever they may be talking, whatever shit they were about either side, taking either artist side, or even just speaking on the subject. I think this is really when, um, you know, you were able to see that these two guys were, were brothers, you know, regardless of how much many times they're going to fight, how many times they're going to bicker. Uh, at the end of the day, they're going to be stronger together. They're going to be stronger as a united front. And I think that's why, you know, when you have these two alpha males that, uh, you know, they're, they're just at the top of their game and the top of their crafts, uh, you know, a lot of that uh, music industry shit, I'm sure, got in the way and, uh, I'm sure it's hard to uh, remember those little things when you have so many other people being yes men or, um, you know, so many other people throwing shit in your face. You kind of just forget. Uh, so seeing them both 
kind of breakdown on stage. I think that was a you know one of the realer moments you'll ever see live uh, during a concert, during a set, especially a Kanye concert. You know the way he has uh, always. Uh, taking his craft so serious and the way he's always, um, you know, performed to the highest of heights and um, taking that uh, extremely serious as, as he should. You know, that's his craft. That's that's it, what, um, you know, that's his art. Uh, so for him to break down the way he did on stage and not really worry about, uh, you know, who's recording or what anybody might think or say uh, during this interaction about either one of them, he kind of just broke down and, they had a real moment that that was really really cool to see and then i feel like that you know uh kind of allowed for kids see ghosts to happen and um you know this this collaborative album like i said uh it's it, i mean it was it was a, a debut that so many people were were anticipating for so many years um and it, it was uh it was definitely um long worth the wait as uh you know this this entire album um definitely has a main focus on mental health a main focus on um trying to bring awareness uh to um you know anything that is in the realm of mental health whether that mean um you know the process of recovery uh struggles with anxieties depressions uh even you know substance abuse um, you know, struggles just in general. Um, you know, Kids See Ghost was a time where Kanye and Cuddy both really needed a W and they were both able to kind of come together and, and realize they were both going through a lot of shit and realize that, uh, you know, more than ever, they both need each other. And you can hear that throughout the music. You can hear that um, just in about every track of this project. I mean, it's, it's definitely seven for seven, in my opinion, um, you know, these, uh, the highest streamed, highest streamed, uh, song on here, um, by a, a large margin is Reborn. Uh, this is Kid Cudi's, uh, Kid Cudi's, you know, singing throughout. Kanye does have a verse on here, but I feel like if, if you know any song from this project, it's definitely Reborn with 202 million streams. Um, following that is the, honestly, I, I was kind of surprised by this. Following that is the fourth dimension song, uh, track number three. And then um, Feel the Love, uh, number the third most streamed song on here. Um, but what a what a what a project! What a um, you know very excited to see what they do with the animated show uh, that they're going to be created. And if you guys did not know, um, they have been uh, working on an animated show, a Kid See Ghost animated show. Um, there's only been a teaser trailer so far. Not really any. Um, you know, substance or kind of any, uh, you know, information or direction about what this show is going to be about. Um, all, all I really know is it's going to be an animated show um, and Cuddy and Kanye are both going to be voicing the characters. Um, and also, this is the first album of more to come, um, according to Kid Cuddy in his latest interview with Complex. He did say that uh, we should be on the lookout for more Kids See Ghosts albums in the future as uh, the pair um, are definitely, um, you know, we're going to be working on more music together, going to be cooking up a lot more together. So uh, that's great news. Um, and on top of that, like I said, the animated show, I'm sure if it goes good and they release even more albums, uh, that the animated show will also um, take off and and really uh, cement itself as its own series. So um, three years of Kids See Ghosts, uh, you know, shout out Cuddy, shout out Kanye. What an, what a duo they are, but also what what uh, amazing talents they are on their own. I mean, you, you don't really get much better than than those two artists coming together on on not only a track but a, an entire uh, EP, an entire album. So. Um, you know, lo all, all love to both of those artists. Um, another album that uh, celebrated an anniversary this week, uh, SZA's Control is actually celebrating uh, its four-year anniversary, um, you know, an album that SZA uh, even said she literally had no idea what she wanted to do. Uh, she actually stated that she was choosing from about 150 
to 200 songs that were on this flash drive of hers during those control um, sessions uh, in the studio. Um, And, you know, she, quote unquote, I was choosing from about, from 150 to 200 songs. Um, So I was just like, who knows what's good anymore? Give me another month and it would have been something completely different. Um, This led to uh, TDE, um, Top Dog actually taking the hard drive for her or uh, from her in order for Control to be, be released and kind of just um, allow her to not really worry about, um, you know, that perfect album, that perfect uh, track list and instead just relax. You have 150 songs on here to, ch- to choose from and each of them um, are unique and uh, we're going to be able to create this. So four years of control. Um, I mean, if you've never listened to SZA, if you've never listened to this album, I highly, highly, highly recommend it. Um, I personally had never heard of SZA um, until this album release, actually. And it was honestly a couple weeks after it got released. I remember my boy Kobe actually told me, um, you know, he's like, have you ever heard of SZA? She's actually a TDE artist. She's with Kendrick, you know, Schoolboy, Absol, all those, all those uh, fools. I'm like, oh, SZA? Like, she's, she's, a, she's a singer and she's on TDE? Like, she must... You know, there must be something there. There must be something very unique with their sound. I mean, uh, you know, with some of these with some of these record labels like TDE, Dreamville, you you know, all, all these artists are, are very unique in their own way. Um, and and you, you should always give them a chance. You should always listen to their album. You know what I mean? Like there's there's so much talent outside of that Jade Cole, outside of that Kendrick, um, you know, outside of the, that big name of the label. Um, and I, I was just, you know, I, I was very open minded. I, I, I was excited to listen to it. And, and man, oh, man, did, was I blown away. I mean, SZA, um, you know, I, I feel like the numbers on this project uh, speak for itself and how um, amazing the project truly is. Um, I mean, it debuted, it debuted in number three on the uh, U.S. Billboard 200. Uh, it sold 60K uh, equivalent album units uh, in that first week, which is honestly really fucking good for an artist that wasn't well known yet. Of course, she did have the advantage of being on a major label like TD. I mean, TDE is a major label, but it's not like a Interscope. It's not like a um, it's not like a Def Jam. It's not that it's not as big as like that type of label. But, you know, a lot of people know what the fuck TDE is. So she definitely had that moving towards you know, working towards her advantage, but she still had to put something out that was good to put up these numbers. Um, And of of course, the singles on this, Drew Barrymore, Love Galore, um, Love Galore with Travis Scott, uh, The Weeknd, which is probably everybody's favorite on here, or, you know, one of the most well-known. And I mean, as of October 2017, the album has already been certified gold. uh, So... I don't know if um, it's certified platinum at this point because, I, I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it is. Uh, I feel like this album gets bigger and bigger um, with time, especially as SZA releases uh, some of the singles that she has been over the past few months, such as Good Days. Um, you know, I think a lot more people are becoming aware of who SZA is, which is kind of just crazy to me. And, uh, you know, I, I just feel like, you know, she's a, she's an amazing artist. She deserves all the recognition that she has been getting. Uh, so it is it's very good that uh, she is getting that recognition finally. And a lot more people are uh, becoming aware of her and also this album uh, that she put out four years ago. And I know that she's definitely going to be dropping soon or releasing a new album uh, project, whatever she decides to do um, soon. Uh, this album rollout has, has been going on for a little while now with some of the singles that she's been dropping. So I wouldn't be surprised if we get a new SZA project by the end of 2021. Um, so if, if we do, I highly recommend, um, even if we don't, I highly recommend you, you, you know, take an hour and listen to Control. Uh, you know, a lot of the subject manner um, that SZA uh, represents and is projecting on this project speaks to um, you know, a lot of a lot of the younger generation, um, you know, and, and just those and just everybody that's a dreamer, everybody that has been through heartbreak, everybody that 
uh, is still trying to figure out who they really are in this world and what, what kind of path they're trying to take in this world. Um, you know, it's, it's a representation of, of just discovering who you are through, through everything that you, uh, you know, kind of have thrown in your face. And um, SZA does this perfectly. She, she's really, really uh, put together, um, you know, one of the best uh, pieces of music that has, has, has really ever been put out. So, uh, like I said, if you have the time in your day, I highly recommend you listen to SZA's Control. Um, and, you know, some of the singles that she's released throughout the past year because she is um, definitely a talent that you would be pretty disappointed if you did not um, get to experience. A single, um, however, that's been, that was released 10 years ago uh, this week that, um, you know, was put out by this artist that some may say um, is overrated, some may say um doesn't have his own style and kind of uh steals styles from everybody else um and others may say he's the artist of the decade is uh is drake um and the single marvin's room actually is celebrating a 10-year anniversary this week um you know i i just the fact that it's been 10 years since this this track has been put out and if you're saying you um haven't bumps marvin's room during those sad lonely boy hours um i i I think you fall in the category of either one never ever um you know her hearing this song before or you know excuse me knowing what this song is i think that's number one first and foremost and number two is your capping because everybody that knows what Marvin's room is, knows the jokes, knows the memes, uh, has definitely heard the song. And uh, even if you listen to it as a joke at first, um, you know, I feel like you'd be lying to yourself if this song uh, wasn't in rotation during those, uh, during those, uh, you know, thought provoking nights where you, you just, you know, are thinking about everything and, uh, nothing seems to be making sense or even those heartbroken nights after, uh, you know, you, you wanted to be with somebody and you guys broke up or whatever it may be. But Drake definitely put out a masterpiece in this one. Uh, of course, this was a single that was um, leading up to Take Care. Um, you know, it's it's ter- currently three times platinum uh, debuted at number um, number seven on the uh, Billboard charts. So, um, you know, and and of course, if, if you haven't heard the song or, uh, you know, you've, you, like I said, never, never even uh, listened to it uh, just in passing. Uh, it's, it's definitely uh, the, well, the title of the song Marvin's Room uh, references uh, Marvin Gaye's studio where uh, Drake actually recorded the track. Um, and in, during, uh, you know, throughout the duration of the song, um, it's uh, Drake. Uh, kind of, uh, he, I'm well, not kind of, he, he's, uh, he calls up an old flame, uh, you know, something or somebody that, uh, definitely meant something to him in the past, uh, you know, on one of those lonely nights, um, where he, he really can't get his thoughts together, but he knows that, uh, he's thinking of this one person and he really just vents all of his feelings out and he, he really, uh, just talks about everything that, um, Everything that he can think of when it comes to this girl, uh, he reminisces, reminisces on all the old times, um, tries to get her to leave his, her, her new mans and tell, uh, tell her why uh, he's that much better than him. Um, but yeah, this, this, this track is definitely, um, you know, it has Take Care written all over it. It's, um, you know one of the best singles um you know there there really is out there um that i guess corresponds with the album that they're putting out um you know i've given i've i've dove into take care um uh a couple of times uh you know whether it be a couple songs or um i don't think i don't know if i've done the full projects just diving into it um but uh take care man definitely uh you know, one of Drake's best words, if not his best. Um, and throughout the entire project, it's, it's really um, about Drake uh, accumulating all this fame and money and 
um, you know, feeling as if his life is completely changed, but still having feelings for this girl and feeling bad that he's living this new life and, um, you know, she's not and she's not with him anymore. And um, that that's really that's that's uh, prevalent throughout the entire uh, body of work. And I think that's why Marvin's Room was such a good choice from him uh, to put out as his lead, lead single for Take Care. Um, I, I feel like that's uh, the message throughout really like this, you know, why am I why am I still so lonely and having all these these uh, thoughts uh, while I'm, I'm, you know, finally here. I'm finally I finally have made it. Why am I still thinking about this girl that I used to link up with, you know, back in Canada, back when I was younger. But, um, you know, like I said, 10 years of Marvin's room, pretty fucking crazy to think about it. Um, and it also puts it into perspective, like I said, for those people that think Drake is overrated, think Drake um, doesn't have his own. I mean, this man, Marvin's Room came out 10 years ago, and this man had, this man had Thank Me, uh, Thank Me Later, or I mean, Thank Me Now, and So Far Gone before this. So I think that even further puts it into perspective of how long Drake has really been here, running the game. Run, just running the show really whenever he like really decides he wants to um but 10 years of marvin's room pretty crazy to think about um but on to some music that is going to be dropping this week um the migos culture three uh comes out tomorrow at midnight of course um i i have the utmost faith that the migos understand that they kind of fumbled the bad with culture two um, I feel like they had everybody anticipated, ready to go um, for Culture 2 after Culture 1. Um, and, and it just didn't really live up to the hype. Um, the replay value wasn't even close to the same as Culture 1. And they even came out later and admitted that some of those tracks they spent 45 minutes on, not even uh, really you know, polishing it and making sure it's good. Um, you know, they, they just knew that they needed to put something out to stay relevant and not to stay relevant, but more so they, they knew that they had the listener. They knew that everybody would be listening. And I think, uh, they just, un they, unfortunately they, they just miscalculated and, uh, didn't put as, uh, much into culture two that I believe they should have. Um, but because they've come out and said this and because so many people have hated on culture two for so long, I really don't think they're going to fumble the bad with culture three especially because it's culture three you know they can they could have started a new they could have started a new thing they could have started like a new little series um you know name the album something else but now nah, I, I really believe in this one we got a drake feature we got a polo g feature we got a future feature juice world feature pop smoke i think it's going to be a good project i'm very very excited for this one um and also tomorrow we got a polo g project um you know hall of fame polo g following the goat uh, following the Go album that he put out uh, last year, um, you know we got a few features on here that I'm excited for. I mean, I know the the Wayne feature already has uh, come out, but the the ba uh, baby's on here, uh, Lil Durk, uh, Roddy Rich. We got Pop Smoke on here as well. So um, a lot of good music that we that we should be looking forward to um, when it comes when when it comes to um, you know. Just this week, um, and you know, plenty in store for um, you know the rest of uh, 2021. As um, a billboard actually was, uh, uh, what's it called? I guess spotted uh, today, um, and it's uh, what's it called? The the only thing that's on the billboard uh, is a phone number. And above the phone number, it says, call me if you get lost. Uh, and if you call that number, it's actually Tyler, the creator, and his mom going off. It's actually Tyler, the creator, and his mom uh, going off on the phone about uh, how much she loves her son and how much, um, you know, uh, just, just all about her love for her son and what she would do to anybody that uh, either doubted it or uh, anybody that would try to overstep him. Uh, so it looks like Tyler, the creator, has also started his album rollout, which is great news. Um, you know, I touched on Igor and Flower Boy a lot in the last podcast, and 
Um, I was just saying that it's it's time for Tyler to come out with the new projects, and I really think it's almost here. So for this billboard to be spotted today, I was just so happy, so excited. Um, Tyler is uh, headlining Lollapalooza this year, um, and he hasn't announced whether or not Camp Flawna will be happening. Um, so in my opinion, I don't think um, – I think he'll, he's going to have a completely new set. I don't think he's going to do his Edor set. Um you know, I think uh, being two years out of Igor for him to uh, come out to Lollapalooza. I mean, of course, he's going to perform some songs from Igor. I'm, I would not be surprised. But I think for him, it's it's time for a new, fresh set. I think that um, we can definitely be expecting this album before Lollapalooza. I don't, I don't know if he's ever played Lollapalooza, but, I mean, come on. It doesn't really get much bigger than Lollapalooza in terms of festivals and uh to you know debut some of his new tracks uh you know his new album test out his new sound his new uh set list i, I feel like it's a perfect stage to do so um so i'm definitely expecting it before Lollapalooza, and i really hope flawed still happens this year so um very exciting news from tyler creator uh um but moving on into some nfl news uh i mean the biggest nfl news there is the biggest and kind of the only NFL news to report. Uh, the Titans and the Falcons getting a trade done, which will be selling, sending Julio Jones to the Titans um, as the Falcons get a 2022 second rounder and a 2023 fourth rounder as the Titans will get Julio Jones and a six-round pitch in 2023. Um, of course, the Titans also take Julio Jones, uh, his salary of $15.3 million in 2021 and the rest of the deal that he had signed with Atlanta previously. Um, and now the Falcons have $7.75 million in dead money due to it. Um, but I think the biggest news is the fact that Julio fucking Jones, Derek Henry, and A.J. Brown are now all in the same offense. I mean... And I, I think a lot of this has to do with A.J. Brown. I, he was the first NFL player to ever wear an opposing player's jersey during warm-ups. And this player, who was it? Julio Jones. Um, you know, he led the charge when it came to uh, kind of recruiting Julio Jones uh, for the Titans. I mean, he made a TikTok, um, you know, with that with – that, uh, what's it called, Photoshop picture of him, uh, Derrick Henry, and Julio Jones all in Titans gear. He was talking about how dominant they would be. He's, uh, you know, messaged him multiple times um, outside of this trade, but also just about how much of an inspiration Julio Jones is to him. Uh, when he was talking about looking up to Julio Jones, uh, he said, uh, quote, I ask myself every day before I go out to practice, don't let Julio Jones outwork you because that's how I measure myself up to the best receiver in the game so you can see just how much of an impact um julio jones has had on aj brown as a player as a receiver um so i i just wouldn't even be surprised if this tandem is the best in the league this year you know something like that um it's special you know you're you're playing you're not only playing against your rival now and i mean you're not only playing against your idol now and, you know, being able to share the same field, but you're literally on the same, on the same side of the ball. You're literally drawing up plays with your idol. Um, somebody that you've looked up to for however long. And this tight, I mean, people sleep on how good Ryan Tannehill really is. I mean, that man has a beautiful deep ball. Um, I, I really, you know, I did have AJ Brown on my fantasy team, so I, I caught myself, Quite, quite occasionally watching Titans game last year or, you know, watching, uh, you know, bits and pieces of it when they're on offense at least. And, um, you know, of course they're going to run their offense primarily through Derrick uh, Henry. And I think that's why this pickup is so uh, good because it not only do you have to worry about A.J. Brown as a deep threat because you saw plenty of times last season when that – when. When a team starts playing the run, as soon as they're like, okay, well, it looks like Derrick Henry's going to be their main guy today. Boom. Set up the play action. A.J. Brown deep. I, I'm pretty sure. Okay, so basically I had A.J. Brown in that that uh, extra point lead when you get extra points for having a 40-yard completion, 40-yard touchdown, whatever it may be. Um, and I, I want to say half of the game's that A.J. Brown played in last year, he had those, you know, positive extra points because of those deep plays, 
um, just the, the the ability that he has to be such a threat in the red zone. Um, now you're adding Julio Jones to that, so you not only have to worry about A.J. Brown, but you also have to respect the fuck out of the run with Derrick Henry, 2,000 yards rushing last year. Um, you know, t- I think back-to-back rushing uh, rushing leader now. I think it's I think he has a two-peat. I don't think it's a three-peat yet. Um, and now you add Julio Jones to that equation, one of the best receivers ever to play the game. This Titans offense is looking very, very, uh, you know, promising. I'm very excited to watch them. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, this year will be the year that we can truly, truly see um, – if Ryan Tannehill is as overrated as a lot of people make him, uh, you know, make him out to be. So very excited for that. Uh, the second biggest news uh, that has come out, um, in, you know, about the NFL uh, in recent, recent um, you know, couple weeks has been the fact that Aaron Rodgers is not expected to attend the Packers mandatory minicamp that starts on Tuesday. This isn't really mammoths of a shock, but... Um, you know, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers have been uh, butting heads uh, this entire offseason. This is coming off of Aaron Rodgers' MVP season, uh, 4,300 yards passing, 48 touchdowns, and only five interceptions, uh, QBR of 84.4. All of those first in the NFL, except for the yards, of course, Patrick Mahomes passed like 4,800, 4, but, um, you know, Aaron Rodgers arguably coming off his best season in his career, and I think that's what's making this even more complicated because it's not only that you're letting go, of, you're you're letting go of Aaron Rodgers, which is already as hard as it as hard as it comes, but now you're butting heads with Aaron Rodgers the year after he won the MVP, the year after he looked the best that he has ever looked in his entire career. Um, and now you're adding Devontae Adams to the Mitch, knowing that he's going to be a free agent next year. Um, you know, what's going to happen with the Packers? Um, I, I, I think it's, it's, uh, it's very much, uh, still in the air. Uh, Jordan Love came out today and said he'd be ready to go week one, um, if he is the QB one. So we'll see if that is, uh, also the route that the Packers take, but, um, all I got to say is if Aaron Rodgers is not a Green Bay Packer next year, that is a damn fucking shame for the Green Bay Packers because you know damn well it is a revenge season, not only because Aaron Rodgers lost in the NFC Championship game last year, not only uh, did he not win the Super Bowl the same year he won his MVP, uh, and just coming back and trying to, you know what I mean, get some revenge from that, but now you have a huge target on your back in terms of uh, if you're the Green Bay Packers um, and... That's not only coming from Aaron Rodgers, but that's coming from players within your locker room uh, doubting the security of their job. If they're gonna, uh, if you're gonna just let your best player, um, Aaron Rodgers, walk out, if you're gonna just allow for that to happen, you're not gonna mend that relationship, you know, with your best player, your quarterback, the franchise quarterback for 16 years. Uh, I mean, that's just gonna raise so many questions. Um, like I said, from players within the locker room, and it's also gonna not, it's gonna, it's definitely gonna draw players back from wanting to come sign with Green Bay. Why the fuck would I want to play for an organization that doesn't treat their superstars with respect? That's the same issue the Chargers have had, the same issue that other teams, um, not only in the NFL, but other sporting, um, sporting leads come to at the same time. So it'll be very interesting to see where Aaron Rodgers ends up. Um, but like I said, it'll be a damn, damn shame if Aaron Rodgers does not end up in a Packers uniform, um, strictly for the Green Bay Packers, but, um, I guess only time will tell, but moving on into, uh, some NBA news. Of course, we are finally, uh, fully in the, um, conference semifinal matchups. Uh, but before we get into those, uh, some more awards that were recently um, announced within the past few days. The 2020-2021 NBA MVP is Nikola Jokic. Um, after a season of averaging 26.4 points a game, 10.8 rebounds, 8.3 assists, first in PER, 31.3 sits. Um, I mean, just a tremendous season. Uh 
the Joker, becomes the first center to win the NBA MVP since Shaq did it in 2000. Uh, the NBA MVP first, pl- uh, first place votes. Uh, the spread um, is as stands. Uh, the Joker had 90, excuse me, 91 first place votes. Steph Curry had five. Chris Paul had two. And Joel Embiid, Giannis, and Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose had one each. So, um, you know, definitely a large landslide uh, win for the Joker. Uh, a great season. Nuggets still in it. We'll see if they can do any damage without Jamal Murray. See if they can bounce back in Game 2 against the Suns. Uh, but the Defensive Player of the Year award uh, was also announced. And this is Rudy Gobert. Uh, this is a season where he averaged 14.3 points a game, 13.5 rebounds, uh, 1.3 assists, uh, 2.7 blots a game, and points at steals. Uh, Rudy Gobert, I believe this is his third Defensive Player of the Year award, and uh, you can see, I think it was only fitting that uh, the, um, the Jazz won game one the way they did, and the day after Rudy Dover is named defensive MVP, but uh, defense, yeah, defensive MVP. So I'll, I'll uh, I will get into that uh, when I get to that game, but let's start with the Nets, man. Another blowout win in game two, as uh, you know, KD and Kyrie are carrying the load, of course, uh, without James Harden. Uh, but it, it's not even, it's not even that bad. Like it's not even. That's not bad is not even a good statement either. I mean, they won 125 to 86. They almost 40-pieced the butts without one of their main big three. I mean, it's getting pretty ridiculous at this point. Uh, Some of the numbers that uh, the Nets are just continuing to put up. I mean, Kevin Durant, 32 points, 12 of 18 from the field. Four rebounds, six assists, 66% uh, from the field, like I said. Four from six from uh, the three. Um, I mean, Kyrie finished the game with 22 points, five rebounds, six assists. Um, and then uh, Joe Harris um, finished with 13 and three for seven from the three-point line. Uh, Blake Griffin, seven points, eight rebounds. Just being that physical presence that uh, he's continuing to prove that he can be. Um, but on the other side of the ball, um, the leading source, the leading scorer was Giannis, and he only had 18 points, 11 rebounds, four assists. Chris Middleton, 17 points. Drew Holiday, 13. Um, simply, simply, simply not enough, as the Nets simply, de- <laughs> simply demolished the Butts. I mean, uh, Kevin Durant, man, in these playoffs, 32 points a game, 7.3 rebounds, 3.4 assists. Uh, 55% from the field, 50% from three, 91% from the free throw line. I don't know another player who's better than Kevin Durant right now. I'm going to make the argument. I love LeBron. I love my Lakers. But who the fuck is going to stop Kevin Durant? Did we just forget how good this man was? I know I did. I know I overlooked it for a little while. And then I, you know, as the season went along this year, it was like, oh, okay, Kevin Durant's back. And that's nice. Okay, he's dropping 25-plus like he normally does. That's lit. Coming back from his Achilles. Okay, nobody can guard him still. All right, he's hurt again. That sucks. But, you know, hopefully he'll be healthy for playoffs. And now, are you kidding me? Who's going to stop this man? Who's going to stop this team? If they're winning by 40 points a game, not playing with the full you know, full amount of star power that they can be. I mean, it's 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 just getting ridiculous, um, in my opinion. Uh, and it's, uh, like I said in the last podcast, uh, it's a wrap, in my, own, in my opinion, in my eyes. There, there's nobody that's going to compete with the Nets. You cannot give me a team who can give the Nets a run for their money. I, I really don't see anybody who is left – uh, you know, doing so, um, I believe the Nets are going to sweep the butts. I believe the Nets are going to sweep their way to the finals. And then, shit, I don't even know who the fuck. I, I, I mean, I guess they, I guess if they run into the Sixers, they'll probably win in five. But besides that, who is going to stop this team? Like, nobody's going to stop this team in my eyes. 
Um, and if you're trying to convince yourself otherwise, I, I just think that you're, you're reaching too much. Or you're, you're trying to see something that's not there. Um, but, yeah, Kevin Durant and this team is simply just having a remarkable postseason. Um, but uh, moving on into the West semifinals. Game one, Phoenix versus Denver. Game two is actually currently happening live as we speak. Uh, but game one was able to go Phoenix's way, 122 to 105. Uh, Chris Paul looked extremely healthy, and I feel like that was the main difference in this one. As Denver uh, kind of, uh, kind of felt like the Lakers when they went to Phoenix, uh, and and that crowd, man, that crowd really fucking gets into it. Um, especially when you're, you know, you're playing solid, you're in the game, and then all of a sudden, D, D Book hits a three. All of a sudden, Chris Paul throws an alley-oop to DeAndre Ayton. All of a sudden, um, you know, Devin Booker comes down, hits a crazy layup and one, and then you're down by 10, you know, in the span of like a minute and a half. The arena is God knows how loud on the court. Um, but I think, like I said, Chris Paul in this one, 21 points, 6 rebounds, 11 assists, uh, he joined Steve Nash and John Stockton as the only players 36 years or older to have 20 points and 10 assists in a playoff game in the last 30 years. Um, and I think, like I said, that was, and he also only had one turnover, one turnover. And, you know, it, it doesn't, doesn't, uh, doesn't uh, kill you at the same time uh, for also having, you know, not, DeAndre Aiden, not Devin Booker, but Miles Bridges as your leading scorer with 23. Like, who is gonna beat you know who's gonna beat the Suns when Miles Bridges has 23? Chris Paul does something that only two other players have done in the past 30 years. And Devin Booker and DeAndre Aiden still both give you 20. So I think that was the biggest difference in this one. Um, but on the other side of the ball, the Joker was able to finish with 22 points, nine rebounds, and three assists. Uh, Aaron Gordon finished with 18, Michael Porter Jr. with 15, but uh, the Suns were just too much to handle simply uh, for the Nuggets in this one um, as they also became the first team to have three players with 20 points on 65% shooting in a playoff game since the Suns in 1995 against the Rockets. Um, of course, like I just said, uh, the three players that finished with 20 plus was Devin Booker, McCall Bridges, and DeAndre Aiden, as they all had 20 plus on that 65% uh, from the field. But um, moving on to game two of the East semifinals, Philadelphia at Atlanta. Of course, Atlanta stole game one, but Philadelphia was able to respond, uh, cap off a game two win, 118 to 102. Um, as they were uh, they were able to uh, move past the Hawks, tie the series up at one, heading into Atlanta for games three and four. Uh, ben Simmons, uh, nowhere to be found really in this one. Four points, three rebounds, seven assists. But Joel Embiid, man, 40 points, 13 rebounds, two assists. Tobias Harris continues to play good in these playoffs, 22 points, six rebounds, and four assists. Um, and I know for a fact Philadelphia is excited um, and very thankful that Seth Curry's back as he was able to finish with 21 points on five for sits from the three-point line. Um, and then on the other side of the ball, Trey Young led the way with 21, uh, but, but Bandanovich didn't only finish with 14. Uh, Clint Capello only finished with 10. But uh, Gallinari off the bench had 21, but it just simply wasn't enough uh, when your starters uh, only give you that much um, – you know, this, your starters only give you 53. I mean, that's just not going to really get it done against the Sixers with Joel Embiid storing 40 himself. So uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, I, I truly think Atlanta can give the Sixers a run for their money if if they play perfect, perfect, perfect basketball, if they really run their offense the way they're supposed to, run that through Trey Young. Let him facilitate. Let him get his shots. Let him create for others. Don't force anything other than that, um, but we'll see. We'll see what happens outside of this. Uh, we'll see if this Atlanta crowd can get um, can get the team going. Maybe it you know it's tied going back to Philly two two, um, but it, they at least got to get one at home because three one headed back to Philly. That's gonna be a tough 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 time game five in Philadelphia with those fans as well. So um, you know, last but not least, 
this Jazz Clippers game last night was definitely one of the best game ones that we had uh, so far in this playoffs. Um, of course, the Clippers were leading. Um, the Clippers were leading by 13 at halftime. Um, just for the Jazz to come out and completely rally, get behind uh, their fans, and uh, be able to pull out a game one victory, 112 to 109. Um, Donovan Mitchell in this one, man, 45 points, three rebounds, five assists. Um, Rudy Gobert, 10 points, 12 uh, rebounds. And then uh, Bogdanovich finished with 18 points and five rebounds. And then on the other side of the ball, uh, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George were the only two starters to finish in double digits with 20 points and 23 points, uh, as the rest of the starters only had sits, nine and nine. So um, I know the Clippers did have a 13-point lead at halftime, but uh, this is definitely where it went wrong right here. And then looking at their bench, I mean, uh, Kennard, uh, Luke Kennard had a great game coming off the bench uh, with 18 points, four threes. Uh, but besides that, I mean, nobody else showed up. Nobody else showed up for the game. I don't know who the fuck called that last play. Um, I think Kawhi was trying to get rid of it and get it right back, but it, it was just too late in that shot clock, or just the game clock. Um, and for Mar uh, Marcus Morris to just, uh, you know, try to shoot a step at three on Rudy Gobert, like, it's just not going to work. Like, it, it really isn't, especially with the game on the line. So um, the Jazz were able to escape game one with the victory. Um, Donovan Mitchell, like I said, had 45 points. Uh, he's now scored 490 points over his last 15 playoff games. Um, and the only, uh, active players to ever do that, LeBron James and Kevin Durant. So definitely in some great company. Um, he also now has more 45 point playoff games than Kareem, Shaq, Charles Barkley, Damian Lillard, James Harden, Steph Curry. Uh, I mean, he now has three put that into perspective so um donovan mitchell man i i love to see i loved seeing Dwayne wade on the sideline coaching him up uh as he is now um a partial owner of the utah jazz if you did not know that so it was good seeing him on the side good uh coaching him up i loved what donovan mitchell said after the game how he loves having somebody that he respects and calls his brother on the side giving him advice giving him tips uh great great to see you know you love to see that uh, you love to see the next generation learning from that generation of players you grew up on, especially a guy like Dwayne Wade. Uh, but, um, you know, out of all these teams, only three of them have won a championship. And the, uh, the closest championship uh, to present day that was won um, from these eight teams was in 1983 by the Sitzers. Below that, the Butts won it in 1971, and then the Hawks won it in 1958 when they were the Saint when they were in St. Louis. Uh, but the Clippers, the Jazz, the Nets, the Nuggets, and the Suns have never won an NBA title. So this is a year for a fan base to absolutely get everything that they've ever wanted, uh, something that they've been missing for a long time, or something that they've simply never had. Uh, but we will see. I'm pretty sure it'll be a fan base that has never had it as the Nets are going to win the NBA Finals. Uh, but, you know, if you don't agree with me, prove me wrong. Show me why I should believe anything differently. Uh, but moving on into some Padres baseball. Uh, the Padres capped off a seven-game homestand today, um, losing to the Cubs 3-1 to and ultimately losing the series. Uh, if you have not followed this seven-game homestand, it did start. It started off uh, okay. Uh, with a 4-3 win against the Mets, uh, you know, this was a game where we saw you Darvish be you Darvish, as he always is. Uh, Tatis had a home run. Um, you know, Jarrett and Profar had a couple of hits. Uh, but um, in game two, uh, we were able to see Blake Snell have the best outing that he's ever had in a Padres uniform, go seven innings, take a no-hitter into the seventh inning, uh, have a, a single turn into a triple because his fielder didn't field the ball correctly um, in the seventh inning to lose his no-hitter and strike out the remaining three batters in the seventh. Uh, like I said, the best outing Blade Snell has had in a Padres uniform. So Padres took the first two against the Mets, uh, but after that they ran into a guy named Jacob DeGrom who struck out 11 in seven innings, 
the Padres had a chance in the fourth uh, with the bases loaded, uh, but simply were not able to take advantage of the one-out bases-loaded situation, and, and the Nets two batters did strike out um, as the Padres lost game three, four, nothing, and then they lost uh, game four, six to two. So splitting the series with the Mets uh, could be worse. Um, you know, the Mets are a great team, dominant pitching staff, especially that Jacob and DeDrom and then the Nets day Marcus Stroman combo. Like that's just a ridiculous combo from the Mets. Uh, but going into the, uh, week, uh, the weekday series against the Cubs, able to win game one, nine to four. Of course, uh, the main highlight in this one was, um, Manny Machado having a pop-up similar to the Houston Astros game where the first baseman dropped Fernando Tatis's pop-up and then the Nets play Fernando Tatis was able to hit a three-run home run to tie the game six to six. Uh, Manny Machado uh, in this one popped it up to Anthony Rizzo who dropped it in fouled rounds and then on the Nets pitch Manny Machado hit a bomb. Uh, so the Padres were able to take game one on Monday nine to four um, and then in game two uh, it was it was very uh reminiscent of the Mets series you know not being able to buy a fucking hit uh as the Mets were able I mean as the Cubs were able to take this one seven to one in game two only three hits by the Padres their one run came in the ninth um and then game three today the same shit you Darvish pitched he he went seven um and he he just pitched tremendously yet again and that again was ruined by hitting was ruined by no offense um and the Padres lost this one three to one uh lost the series against the Cubs two to one um and like I said hitting 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 offensive struggles have been just detrimental to this Padres team as the loss to the Cubs today um now means the Padres are now seven and ten in their last 17 games since posting that nine game winning streak from May 14th to the 23rd that homestand where they went undefeated um in this 17 game span uh the Padres bats have been um they've only been a 204 average um uh, and only averaging 3.9 runs a game uh and just to put this into perspective from um to that homestand uh that uh, we went 9-0. and um, The runs per game in this one, 7.3 compared to 3.9 in the past 17. Batting average, 288 to 204 in the past 17. And then the uh, OPS, 0.897 to 0.607. So just some detrimental um, decreases in the bottom five of the MLB during this 17-game span. Um, you know, just going through a slump. It sucks. It's unfortunate. Uh, you know, you never want to see, um, you know, something like this happen to your ball club. But, you know, it happens from time to time. Trent Grisham's injury has uh, simply went a lot longer than expected. Uh, Austin Nola, of course, is still in the IL. Uh, pitching has been there, but the offense simply has not. So uh, I really hope that this is due to the second uh, 20 straight game uh, scheduling that, uh, you know, whoever created the schedules uh, made the Padres go through. I mean, they've played five more games than the Dodgers and I think three more games than the Giants already this year. Um, so I think it'll hurt us in the standings for at least the next couple weeks. But we do go on the road to face the Mets on Friday, have a week uh, a weekend series, and then we go to play the Rockies. And then, boom, come home on the 17th, face the Reds to the second opening day, San Diego's opening day, where uh, Petco will now be full capacity. Um, so I hope, you know, you know, the Mets series will be the Mets. Of course, they're a great team. But then the Rockies, I hope we can take three. And then coming back home, having San Diego electric on June 17th through June 19th, which is my birthday, by the way. So if you want to send me anything, please do. But uh, coming back from June 17th to June 19th to play the Reds and then boom, capitalizing on that series to play the Dodgers. So I really hope that the bats can get going. Um, I know that this is the second span, like I said, of this year where the Padres had to play 20 straight. And I know that some of these other teams will be feeling that soon. So I hope it's, it's just a, you know, a combination of, uh, 
you know, the amount of games we played in a row, plus the injuries. Uh, but a lot of these key players that have been out will be will be will be getting rest days uh, here and there. Um, you know, throughout the rest of the season, it won't be as bad as it has been for this first part. So um, I really hope that we can rebound um, and, and really just get ready for this uh, San Diego opening. But um, besides that, that's all I have for today. I hope you guys have all enjoyed this podcast. It has been fun as always. Um, and I hope you all have a great rest of your day. Thank you so much for listening and I hope to see you again soon. Thank you.